My name is Jamie Atkinson, founder of podcastclosing.com, and this show is built for six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts who are looking to grow and scale their customer acquisition using that show. If you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast and you want to get featured on this show to talk about your own podcast journey, go to top100interview.com. Now over to your glamorous host, Brittany Chaterbock, and don't forget to subscribe for daily interview content. Too. <laughs> right? Exactly. No worries. Hey guys, welcome back to the Six Figure Podcast Rebels. It's Britt here today again. Super excited for the interview we have ahead of us. This lovely lady I'm bringing on, Janine Bolin, professional broadcaster, pod- podcast producer, author, speaker, and founder of The Eight Gates. Janine has been an entrepreneur since the age 10. Woohoo! Go, go, Janine. You're amazing. And she's passionate <laughs> about guiding people as they start and run their businesses from the ground up using all of her bootstrapping techniques that she's learned for the past 40 years. Welcome on, Janine. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day uh, to, you know, come on my show and share a little bit of your story and, you know, what's working, what what hasn't worked in the past uh, with, with the people listening. I really appreciate it. How's it going? Today is a really good day. So see, I'm calling you from Colorado. So I'm a mile high in the Rocky Mountains in the United States. It's a very enviable place. So if I'm not having a good day, something is wrong with my head. Well, somebody says that anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) about us all. I love it. Like we were talking before the interview, you know, that it's like, it's crazy where you're living and I, I need to come down and visit. I really do, Janine. Definitely, definitely. I, I always ask my Canadian friends, come on down, come south of the border, which is always a joke for us because south of the border for us is Mexico. But I'm right? always like, come south of the border. You got you to gotta see what we got going on down here. It's always fun. Oh, I'll be there. Don't you worry. <laughs> so, so Janine, tell me about your background, you know, and what your cur- current focus is right now. I mean, actually, yeah, tell me your background and your story, because I think it's very um, powerful. And I, I'd love to share with the people listening, and then we can talk about the focus afterwards. Okay, so one of the things I would like to share is the fact that it's very important that you make money. It's very important that you stay in business. And I can talk a lot about my background, and I will. I will answer the question of the lovely Brittany because she's asked it. But don't think for a moment that's going to distract me from what is most important (laughs) right now, and that is you. And you need to be making money. And if you're not making a profit, you're not going to stay in business. And I want you to make a profit, stay in business so that you can keep creating. Because the whole reason you got into business was probably because you thought you could do something better. You thought you had a message whatever it is. And I want you to keep believing in yourself. And I know that sounds very trite, but trust me, business owners, entrepreneurs specifically are the world's biggest optimists. We can see the sky as a golden sky when everybody else sees rain because we see opportunities that other people don't. So I just wanted to state that first. That's my modality. That is the way I operate through life. I have a passion for entrepreneurs because you did something incredible. And that incredible thing that you did was you traded, you traded security for freedom. And very few people do that. So the next time you're thinking that was the worst thing you ever did was to just realize this is not a path that everybody walks down. People would rather be secure than free. And you see it everywhere that you go. So as an entrepreneur, I want to, first of all, acknowledge the fact, way to go. 
bravo, big pat on the back uh, before that. Now, a little bit about my background. My dad was in the U.S. Navy, so I traveled the world as a young person. I didn't get to the United States until I was about 16. We lived in multiple countries during that period of time. Um, The thing was, my parents didn't believe in giving kids allowances. You were supposed to help the family, period, case closed. You didn't get money for taking out the trash. You know, that was like, right? (laughs) (laughs) We can relate on that one for sure. (laughs) Right? Skip that noise. You know, you're supposed to help out with the family. So if I wanted candy at age 10, I had to start a business. And that business was I'd go down to the local PX. Now, for those who are military, they understand that's the grocery store. Uh, But anyway, go down to the local grocery store and I would pack bags And I would walk groceries to the other areas of the base. Now, thankfully, our base was pretty small, but I got 25 cents a bag and that bought enough candy for me for the week. So anyway, I worked hard every Saturday. You worked hard (laughs) since you were 10 and that's great. (laughs) So let's make sure that uh, your people are able to stay in a place where they can be, be the next guest on your podcast, which is Six Figure Rebels. It took me almost seven years to get to a six-figure income, but that was because I kept getting in my own way a lot. So yeah, ask me the next question. Where do you want to take this train, dear? You're the conductor. For sure. Well, Janine, I love going back to, you know, make a profit and stay in business, you know, trading your security for freedom. I love that you touched on that because it's so true. You know, so many of us want to live on our life on our own terms, but are too afraid to take that leap of faith and just dive in without a plan sometimes, you know? And I think having that security is something that when people don't, when people don't have that security, it scares them out of it, right. From, from living the dream, uh, their, their life of on their own terms. So thanks for touching on that because it's so true. And yes, make a profit and stay in business. Love it. I say that all the time to our artists because I have, I attract a lot of creatives and artists. And so I'm always like, if you're going to be able to paint that next picture, you better make a profit on the previous one. (laughs) Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Love it. Love it. So Janine, you know, walk us through your services and how you deliver them. If if you're open to it. I am totally willing to do that. And because I'm such an educator now, why did I get into business? Because I want to teach my way. All right. Okay. I was a college professor. I was teaching mathematics and physics at a liberal arts college. I am trained as an analytical biochemist. I make drugs for a living or did in corporate America for years, for 15 years. I dropped out of corporate America because I got pregnant. And it's not good to have a pregnant chemist in the laboratory when you're working with viruses and radiative, radioactive compounds. So Probably not, yeah. <laughs> not, a, not a good place. So, so I kind of uh, worked myself out of that job and I began homeschooling my kids. Now, what does this have to do with anything? Well, I had to create a business that could handle the fact that I was a single mom, I was homeschooling my kids, and I had to make a profit if we were going to keep food on the table and that sort of thing. Now, I did have the support of my husband of of 40 years, and I wasn't always uh, a single mom. So that also helped. It helped me get started in things. But just wanted to let you know, it was far from an easy road, and it was far from linear. It was not like I did A and then B and then C. You do a lot of figuring it out because 
you have these young children who you're trying to educate at home. You want to keep that consistency in their life. And at the same time, you do need to make money. Well, my day starts at 3.30 and I would go to bed by 9.30 at night because I was like toast. Because as Mm -hmm. a business owner, you have to have time for deep work and deep work, as you know, Right. Uh, it's the newfangled term. And I'm like, people have been doing this for centuries, millennia. Okay. Ever, mm-hmm. you know, the centuries people have been doing this. I'm so glad we now have a term for it. We used to be called crazy or early birds or what have you. But in order to be able to do that deep core work, that is now the big, the big word, the big buzzword, you need yeah. three or four hours. Yeah. And so you yeah. get up at three 30 and you work until the first child wakes up because that's the demand for breakfast, right? <laughs> and that's the only time you can do it. Correct. Right. So if I wanted to do any kind of creativity. So first of all, I encourage you as a business owner, before you ever leave corporate or before you ever leave whatever job you might have, start your side hack on the side, literally start it on the side first. And the preferential job would, would be to be able to ease your way, build up a clientele, have an email list, all that. That's the ideal. And life rarely happens by the ideal. <laughs> True that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's that's kind of uh, when it comes to my services and what I do, I have four different companies that I run now. And the Eight Gates is kind of the mothership of those okay. four companies. So that's why I'm kind of sidestepping what you're asking about my products and services because right. I started as an author. I've written 11 books. I write in four different demographics. I have seven different podcast programs that we produce and I have 91 online courses. So that's what I do. You have a lot. I love it. Well, (laughs) congratulations, my friend, you're doing amazing things. Uh, I, I wanted to quickly touch on, you know, what are out of those 11 books, what are you, what is your favorite one or what are some of the, fa- I'm, I'm sure you love them all, but tell me one that's a really, that you've been the most proud of maybe. All right. So the thing is, is I write in four different demographics. So I'm going to sidestep oh, okay. the question. I'm going to be very evasive. I write in four different demographics. And so I write to people who are business owners. I write to authors themselves. I help people with debt-free living and I also write in the woo-woo community because I'm also a shaman and a sacred clown. So that's where I work with the 16 different Native American tribes, blah, blah, blah. Each book that I've written solved a problem, okay? There was some problem presented. And as an entrepreneur, this is like, this is what we live on, right? This is Mm -hmm. our service. This is our product is the solution that we have between our ears. Now, is it for everyone? Absolutely not. But if some people want to walk down a path, a specific way, we can help them along that way. And so all the books, and when you talk about which one is your favorite, which one are you most you know um, excited about? The thing is, is I kind of have to say, well, what's your problem? <laughs> because right, right. each one of these, books, and then we can solve it. <laughs> we can right. solve it with this book or because I am such a nut for authors and I'm currently writing book number 12, which is the 99 author project. If I don't have a book that can solve your problem, I probably know of an author who has written a book, has an online course and is a consultant in that area. So I have a huge network of over 568 authors. So. Wow. Massive. Incredible. So So when you ask me which one, let's talk about author podcasting. Be a standout guest yeah, while taking your book on a virtual tour. Yeah. 
Let's talk about the uh, podcasting. Yeah. I, and tell me, like, what intentions did you have behind starting a podcast? Uh, and what, like, actions did you take to get it up and running? Uh, originally, it was at the behest of my students. So back when I, you know, go into the Wayback Machine, when I was a college professor, um, that was back in 2004, 2005. Well, those kids of mine, because they were all my kids, um, you know, they graduated, went on and had lives and careers. And a lot of them loved me as a professor because they were auditory learners. And so I made sure that I was saying a lot, even while I was writing on the board, I didn't totally cater to the visual learners. And so mm -hmm. because of my awareness of that, they were like, Janine, when are you going to start answering these questions that I have for you on a podcast? And so literally that started the Practical Mystic Show because okay. I was talking to them about spiritual principles and how they're tying in with uh, physics and M theory and all that. And because I was straddling the fence between spirituality and science and kind of helping them go through life with both in their lives uh, and walking that very tenacious path, uh, that was that was what started that show. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I guess with your podcast, um, you know, you bring, tell me like, you bring guests on there. This is what I, I noticed, right? Mm. Yes. And I started where with my own stuff, but yeah, I moved quickly into the interview process. Yes. Okay. So you had, you had solos and you might still have solos here and there, but you mainly yes. focus on interviews. Okay. I see. And you know, with those interviews, um, Talk to me about, you know, do you pre-qualify people before bring guests on onto the show or do you just do that when people come in to work, join your programs? Tell me a little bit about that. Okay. So when it comes to podcasting, you need to make money and 90% mm -hmm. of podcasters do not make money. <laughs> there we go. So we're gonna... <laughs> it's true. And a lot of people think it's just downloads, downloads, and that works sometimes but not necessarily do downloads mean money. Right. That's correct. Unless yeah. you have a sponsor. So the very first podcast yeah. that I ever had was back in 2004 and I had a sponsor. I had mm -hmm. Kellogg's Fiber One Bars. They had just come out with the Fiber My One bars. bars. <laughs> I do love them. And, <laughs> and, and so I was one of the podcasters and bloggers because I had a podcast on a blog, but I wasn't called a podcaster back then. You have to remember, we were called audio bloggers because we were bloggers, weird. Yeah. We were writing. Yeah, right. You guys, you guys are so hip. See, this is what I love. He's like, oh, yeah, I know vloggers. Yeah, this, that, the other. I'm like, I had to describe I know what, she's what talking I did. About bloggers. <laughs> right. Because we weren't bloggers, but we were vloggers and, and, YouTube had come out the year after I was yeah. after I was doing audio podcasting, so uh, or audio blogging, as they said. So we were this weird hybrid mix of people. So kind of a pioneer in the field regarding that. And so when I first started, the really the only way to afford what you were doing was to have a sponsor. Mm -hmm. And companies knew that they needed to get on multimedia. And so what was interesting was I went to a, a food conference and that's where I picked up uh, Kellogg's. Now, after Kellogg's uh, dropped me for other avenues, because it was a short-term contract, I mm -hmm. dropped that show because I will make money with what I do. So let's talk to our podcasters out there and business owners. If you have a podcast, that's great. 
But the thing is, you got to make sure that you're making money with it. And the way I do it now, you were talking about pre-qualifying, anybody who will pay, uh, will go through my media kit course and pay me $299 is allowed to come on my show. So everybody that you have heard on my show has paid money <laughs> to get on Be that on show. There. Why? Because I have a team of nine who do the post-production work. And you also have two people that are helping me pre-qualify my guests, making sure the media kit's online, scheduling the interview, all of that. And so some of you may say, but I'm not there yet, Janine. I go, I understand. So make sure you have a way to automatically have people come onto your show, schedule, and make sure you get the media kit and all that. And I have people that say, what do you mean a media kit? Well, you know, you need a headshot to make your thumbnails and stuff like that. It depends on how deep into the process you go. But when it comes to podcasting, you can have something very simple. And it just so yeah. happens on November 16th, I'm doing a workshop for people who want to do a podcast and never have. And I'm partnering with a fellow podcaster who is a stay-at-home mom, has a couple of kids, and she's just started her podcast a couple of years ago. And now she helps people with podcasting. So uh, that's coming up. And so we can put that in the show notes for your people. Love that. Yes. And let's mention it again at the end because um, okay. that way nobody forgets because it's coming up fast. <laughs> yeah, it That's is. exciting, yeah. Janine. So Janine, you know, um, let's just, I just want to touch again on, you know, how you, you get the other people on your team to go through the qualifying um, for these guests that are coming on that buy the kit. Well, what we do is the kit is free. And so we okay. bring people in through the free media kit course. And it started off, uh, remember I started back into podcasting again in 2017. So I had all kinds of people that were coming on my show that had no idea what to do. They didn't know how to right. be guests. 2020 has done so much to help people understand <laughs> what they're doing. And for my business owners out there, please sign up and get my free media kit course. You need a media kit if you're going to promote your business. So I wrote the book, Author Podcasting, Be a Standout Guest and Take Your Book on a Virtual Tour. Why not be a standout guest and take your business on a virtual tour? It's the same thing. I had to niche the book down. I started off as calling it promotional podcasting, but I realized I really wanted to talk to authors because I was getting ready to write book number 12 and book number 12 was going to give advice. And so I was starting to funnel my books into several of the programs that I run. But for my business okay. owners, I always say, you need a media kit. Talk about your products and services, but you don't want to be selling, right? You want to be educating. Mm -hmm. You want to be seen as the gentler, kinder business because that's what differentiates you uh, from yeah. any other person. Why would I hire uh, Brittany to be my podcaster? Well, it would be the way she differentiated herself if her personality was what I was looking for for my business. And is right. she the type of voice that I want and all those other sorts of things. So it's important that you understand how, number one, you've done something incredible by leaving security and becoming a business owner. But number Two, you have differentiated yourself. You solved the problems in a unique way. Highlight those. All of those things that people have told you that are a problem, your problem, uh, are actually your superpower. You've probably heard that already, but you want to capitalize on that when you do podcasting. You want to talk about what your strengths are and where people are like, yeah, they told me for years that I just never could shut up. And that's why I'm the best fitness trainer you'll ever have. I can talk, hey. do hard exercise and keep going. Yeah. 
I love it. Love it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I definitely think media kit is key. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Because what it is, is it's a headshot and it gives social media cues so that people like Brittany don't have to work and work and work to dig around and get those links. Right. It makes things a lot easier. Love it. Thanks for sharing, Janine. Um, Uh So let's talk about some of the struggles when it comes to helping people with quality content during, you know, difficult times. Um, Okay. Forgive me. My brain, when you said that, went into a hundred different directions of what it means to have content (laughs) and producing it. So can you clarify the question? You know what? (laughs) Yeah, no problem. You know, Let's skip that one. That's actually because yes. we could that one might take a while to answer because we have so many different things we can bounce around on with this topic. So we're gonna we're gonna go to a next one. My next question is, you know, tell me what are the some of the biggest pain points when um with how your podcast affects your business and how do you solve these challenges? My biggest pain point was the amount of time it took per episode. Mm-hmm. And I did not have, I did, I was not my fun place. It wasn't my happy place. And I had made a commitment to myself that if I was going to be a business owner, I was going to make enough money so that I could hire people to do the things I didn't want to do. I mean, I'm now 58 years of age. I'm very proud of the fact I'm still alive. You know, I made it through so much (laughs) drama and trauma in my life. And then 2020 happened. Okay. You know, (laughs) <laughs> so I'm like, I'm still alive. Right? I'm going to celebrate that. Right. Exactly. So what I want to encourage people to do is hire people as quickly as you can. And I'll know a lot of people say, but I can do it faster myself. Yes. But you need to duplicate yourself. And that is information that comes from our man, Sam Walton, the owner of Walmart. I happened to meet him when I was 16 years old. I had no idea that he was the guy. And he was talking to me about, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. I was working for this farmer and I was making some money. I said, I'm an entrepreneur. He goes, I can give you some advice if you'd like some. And I'm like, sure. And he looked like every other farmer in Southern Missouri where he was. He had on a Walmart hat. He had on bib overalls. He had on nice boots though. And he drove a 1957 Ford pickup. So to me, he looked just like every other farmer. And uh, he goes, you need to make sure that you know how to duplicate yourself. And the customer is always right. Just agree with them and move on. Don't spend time arguing with your customers. Yeah. So those were the two pieces of wisdom a crazy little 16-year-old in Southern Missouri, Ripley County, received from the man, Sam Walton, before he passed. Yeah. I do have a question. How did you happened to meet him. I mean, like it was by it, fluke. I was at a, the farmer I was working for was a friend of his. <laughs> I will, well, aren't you lucky? That's amazing. Yeah. I no didn't know it at the time. This <laughs> it's like meeting a famous person, right? Really? But you, I didn't know it at the time. And that's the thing as a business owner, you right. never know where the next opportunity is going to come from. And the universe will put you in the path of those opportunities as long as you're very clear on what you want. Now, some of the pain points and some of the struggles that you may have is you're not clear on what you want. If you are not yeah. clear on what you want, it's going to be very difficult. I'm a big proponent of vision boards. When I first started making vision boards when I was, when I was 17, people didn't know what they were. They were like, oh, nice collage. 
That's what we call it. Oh, that's a nice collage. You have to remember this is back in the dark ages of 1990s. Okay. So yeah, yeah. they didn't understand, right? It was before Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. So that's the dark ages <laughs> for a lot of people. <laughs> It's a nice collage you got there, Janine. I used it's a dream uh, board, board. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or right now, people call them vision boards, dream boards. I, I don't care what you call it. That is very helpful to me because I need to have mm-hmm. targets. I'm not a goal oriented person. I'm a target oriented person. The difference is this: I was raised with football. If you kicked the football, you either made it into the goal or you didn't. That's devastating to me. I I just don't mm-hmm. do well with that. However, you get points for hitting the dartboard. You get points closer to the bullseye you got. For whatever reason, that worked with my brain better. So I have targets, not goals. But that's just a personal quirk of my own. But I share that because I know as a business owner, you have your own quirks. And hopefully my quirks and your quirks work together. <laughs> Love it. No, I can, I can relate with what you're saying. You know, a dream without a, a target or, a, I know you don't use the word goal or goal. Uh, well, goal just a dream. for, yeah, so, right. You know, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I, I agree with it. You know, the the universe works in mysterious ways when, you know, you have that vision board and you are visioning you, you as that, um, at your highest point as a, a successful entrepreneur, you know, if you keep reminding yourself or my, and uh, pretending you're almost just envisioning yourself already there, it comes right. Of course, with the work and consistency and everything else, but um, you know, just always never failing, but always failing forward or mm-hmm. such a better term for it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, though. No, I think it's, I think it's appropriate. I'm going to give yeah. you two quick points. The first one is, mm-hmm. is I had an author friend who always carried his books around. He had one book and that was his thing. And he wanted to help people with it. And he wanted to meet Les Brown so that he could get Les Brown, to, you know, help promote his book and write the forward to his book. Anyway, come to find out, he just kept telling everybody, I want to meet Les Brown. I want to meet Les Brown. Well, this is during the lockdown of 2020. How many of us are going to be able to meet anybody during that period of time? Right. Anyway, it just so happens he was visiting a friend, didn't realize Les Brown was two blocks away in that particular neighborhood. He heard Les Brown in his backyard because, yeah, he walked there. This is kind of stalkerish, but he walked around and he goes, hey, is that you, Les Brown? I'm one of your biggest fans. And he heard Les Brown say, I'm trying to relax here, buddy. I can't talk to you right now. And he goes, you don't need to talk. Just read, and he's pitching two or three copies of his book over the fence toward Les Brown. He goes, you won't hear from me again. My phone number is in the front cover. Les Brown wrote the foreword to his next book. Oh, my gosh. You're kidding. So I highlight Les Brown anytime I can because he helped my friend, who he did not know at a time when he was just trying to relax in his backyard. Yeah. So those are wonderful people. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. You, you betcha. The second point is when you have a dream and you are moving toward it, opportunities do present themselves. Sometimes you're so stuck in your fear, though, you aren't going to see it. So the best thing I can encourage you to do is laugh a lot. I don't care if you have to get on YouTube every 15 minutes and watch the most stupidest stuff you've ever seen in your life. That is mental health for you. Keep laughing. Because realize what you are doing. You're changing the world one client at a time. And I don't want you to forget that. You are. It's true. Every entrepreneur. And like, it's true. Like you got to look at it, like not chasing money, but like how many lives can I change today or in this year? You know, you're really helping people with what 
what you have to offer your services or some people have products, this and that. Um, but you just got to look at it a little differently, you know, don't chase the many chase, like the freedom chase the, how many lives can you change? Um, and that kind of thing. And I think that it works out a lot better in the end, if you go about it that way. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. So Janine, what are your thoughts on organic versus paid acquisition? I highly recommend organic until you get mm -hmm. your pitch right and you get your story right. Um, I, it took me seven to eight years before I felt I had a really good handle on my community. But you have to remember, I started the business in 2015 when I went online and 2020 has changed everything. People can do this a lot faster now because you're not going to have clients crying at you about, well, why do I have to let download Zoom just to listen to you? Why can't we get on a phone call? A lot of the resistance that I had to my, my business and my organization no longer exists. Like people have been drugged, kicking and screaming into the 21st century, whether they wanted it or not. So you're not right. going to have the issues that I did. The other thing that I, I highly recommend is that you make sure that you have a booking calendar so people can book time with you without you having to talk to them and that they can pay you. So you can have PayPal or Venmo have a way that yeah. they can pay you without talking to you. And I know I've already mentioned that, but there are so many people that don't even have that basic automation set up. The third is make sure you have, even if it's a free account on Zoom, make sure you have a free account that's into your calendar. Now I prefer Calendly, but if you're an iPhone user, you may like bookme.com or talk to me now. It, I, it doesn't matter. What does matter is that you have this slight automation in place so that you're not having to schedule your own appointments. Right, yeah. right. It makes things a lot easier and the calendar will fill up faster because, you know, you're, you're not taking time away from growing your business, just booking people in. Right. So mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um, so the, you did mention about organic and paid. I mm -hmm. would avoid Facebook until you are so good on your messaging and you have people definitely hitting your website. Okay. So you need to make sure that you have Google analytics and you know where the people are coming from and who is attracted to the message that you're sending out there. I recommend that you go to Google ads um, after you have really studied your demographic for a period of time. Uh, for those of us who are not in marketing, I was not. Uh, I'm a teacher, I'm a professor, and I'm an author, okay? <laughs> I yeah. don't have any marketing skills when I first started. <clears throat> and one of the things that is most helpful for you is when you do start paid advertising, make sure that you're really watching your analytics. And can you go off of that a little bit, just for the people listening? Well, well, wait, just, what do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> just, just go off of it a little bit more for, because some of our people listening may have not really jumped in that far yet. So I just want to make sure everyone understands. Okay. So when you look at your analytics, what you want to do is see how many people are actually hitting your site, how many mm -hmm. are staying, what are the pages they're looking at, and what is the most important important page on your website. Now, everyone will tell you the homepage and your about page are the number one and number two, respectively, on what people are going to see. It's true. Just like YouTube, you know, when you go to YouTube and you look at your YouTube channel and you look at your videos, you can see how many views you've had, how much time they've spent on it, all that kind of stuff. The same thing for your website. Check out your website and find out what's going. And, and 
then you want to do split testing. You want to have two pages that say relatively the same thing, but it's called A-B testing, to where you send it out half to one side of your list, half to the other list, will have those different pages and see how those two pages interact. You want to do a lot of this stuff with your organic audience before you mm -hmm. start paying people to drive audiences, uh, drive traffic to your site. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't start and that I till I was in business for seven years. So, <laughs> right. And I, 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 I totally agree with start with that organic, start with that mm -hmm. organic a hundred percent. So <clears throat> I know we kind of touched on, you know, getting, uh, actually maybe we haven't touched on this, but we're about to, what is your, what are some challenges, you know, with going about to getting clients and custom, uh, customers coming from the podcast? I do not sell on my podcasts. No, I don't okay. sell. Uh, so that, that is something when it, when it comes to my listeners, um, mm -hmm. I don't sell on the podcast. I send them yep. to my website or something like that. Right. When it comes to my guests, my guests will say, Hey, I understand that you have a podcast. I like to be on. I'm like, sure. No problem. I need a media kit from you. Oh, what's right. a media kit. I still get that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they go into the media kit course and then at the end of the media kit course, they see that it's going to cost them $299. So I have a 67 to 68% conversion from my free kit to the thing. Cause I have one person who says, I absolutely will not pay to get on a podcast. I said, Oh, how many podcasts have you run? And they're mm -hmm. like, well, none, but I refuse to pay to get on one of those things. I'm like, you don't understand what is involved in a podcast. You don't know how no. to set it up, how to run it. You don't have a lead magnet. You don't have any of those things. Ergo, not a good fit for me. Right. Exactly. And there, you know, right then that's not a fit to come on the show. But Correct. I, I guess my question is, you know, for your, say you're done for you radio programs and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> How do you go about getting people to join those? It, it, does anyone from listening from the podcast come go to your website from there? Or like, do you just mention that at the end? Or can we talk a bit about that? I'm just curious. Everyone does it differently. So I like to hear. Um, the done for you podcasting uh, that we have is a very different demographic than some of the listeners. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times those clients are coming to me. They find out about me through the podcast. They like the way things sound. So then they will come to me from that, but they've been referred to me. Almost all Refer of my clients are referrals. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I like yeah. that. That is awesome. And um, where do these referrals usually come from? Just other clients previously or I have three networking groups that I am a part of, and I am consistent in my attendance. And when I get to a point that I know everyone, and it's like, um, oh, what's the Gopher movie where he's re reliving it every day? Um, oh my gosh. Not I know Gopher, what you're talking the, uh, about, but I can't think of the name. Anyway, where he's li reliving every day and... Uh, Groundhog Day. There we go. Groundhog Day. <laughs> Had a mommy Just day. the easiest name ever. We couldn't think of it. <laughs> no, we couldn't. Anyway, it's a Groundhog Day. So he's sitting there in Groundhog Day and he's reliving every day. Um, when I know everybody like in the diner of that movie where he could talk about everybody's story in the networking group, then I'll change my networking group. 
uh, because that's my demographic as fellow business owners. I make right. sure everyone knows my story as well as I know theirs. Fair. And so once mm -hmm. I've done that, then I move on to the next networking group and I'm slowly moving my way up over the course of seven years to where now I am in networking groups that are invitation only because they know <sighs> I've been in business long enough that now I actually have active referral partners as well as mm -hmm. joint venture partners. Yeah, because you yeah, have to build JVs. those relationships. Yeah, Absolutely. everybody talks about JV and I'm noticing not a lot of them understand how to work them. And that is true. Not a lot of them understand, but I love that mm -hmm. your referral strategies, you know, and they're obviously working so well for you and that you can just, yeah. you know, run your business off of that is incredible. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep. Well, Jenny, that is the fun part. Absolutely. Absolutely. And after like this long of your hard work, like, and it comes to this, it's just, it makes things, does it feel a lot simpler this way? Like, there's always you, a new level of complexity that comes into right. your life, dear. There's always yeah. a new skill set and there's always yeah. a new piece of automation you can use. Well, and to reach the next level, every new level comes with new challenges and stuff that might have to change. And um, that's with any entrepreneur, any business owner, they go, but as they get to the next level, there's going to be new challenges, you know, so that doesn't ever end. So uh, Janine, Tell me in this next year, and we may have touched on it a bit here and there, but what is your biggest focus for 2023? The biggest focus for 2023 is I will be publishing two books that are catered to authors and helping them with their business. So they're entrepreneurs. I have a summit from September 14th through 16th of 2023 that I'm currently starting to get speakers and stuff on. I start things fairly early because I have such a full calendar. So I have to start ahead of time. So anyway, if you're interested or you're already an author, I would love to have you on our 99 author project or you can uh, get to know me and we can see if you would be a good fit as a speaker for um, the entrepreneurial summit. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. It's super exciting, Janine. And, you know, it's been absolutely such a pleasure to have you on today to share all you have so much with 40 years of experience. You have so much valuable insight. So I appreciate you taking the time out and know you probably have a heavy schedule with everything that you got going on. So for you to take the time out to come on my um, show today is I appreciate it a lot. So thank you. You're most welcome. It's a part of my wanting to help others, right? You got to reach back. I got a lot of help as a business owner. Right. And so this is the only way I know to help uh, to thank all those mentors I had is to reach back and do my own. So thank you for having me on the show. Of course. I, I guess before we bounce off, I, I do have one more question. Uh, who was your biggest mentor inspiration? Or I'm sure you have many, I, but. I have to say I, I, the biggest one was my father because he taught me how to dream and how to make it reality. I love that. Oh, amazing, Jenny. Well, thank you again. And is, if would you mind letting everybody know, you know, um, the best way to go ahead and connect with you um, in regards if they're interested in connecting or I know you mentioned with the summit, but is there any other ways that they might be able to connect? There is. I have a Zoom room that I open up once a week and I call it my open Friday coffee. And you Ooh, can go like to that. author. <laughs> yeah, my open virtual coffee. 
it's the way I meet people that want to meet me that my schedule's too packed. So I meet them in mass. Sometimes I have two people on, sometimes I have 17. It depends on the day, right. but you can go to authorpodcasting.com and then go to ask Janine and there's a button where you can register for my open Friday coffee. I'll ask you to ask, to tell us a little bit about yourself. This is not a time to sell because I will mute you if you try to sell to my people. It's a time to meet other people. And I have done a lot of referrals for people because they were looking for something. I did not have it or I did not operate in that sphere, but somebody happened to be on the call that did. And because I know my people so well, I can make very good referrals for you. Beautiful. Well, thanks again, Janine, for popping on today. Uh, I love what you're doing and I'm wishing you all the best, especially in this next year with everything going on. It's very exciting. So I'm definitely going to stay connected with you to hear what's going on next and how everything went. Thank you so much. Look forward to chatting with you again. Absolutely. Me too. Group, if you're listening and enjoyed, please like and subscribe. If you're a six-figure or higher entrepreneur and want to come on just like lovely Janine did today for an interview, please go to top100interviews.com and fill out an application. We'd love to have you on as well. Thank you so much, you guys. Hey everyone, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com and then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.